Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, click on ChristopherKai.com. So next guest, we have a dame, a dame Lillian Walker. Dame Lillian Walker, thank you so much for coming on our Gifters podcast. Lillian is a producer as well as speaker, a digital marketing consultant, and she helps people on our Bottom Line show learn the secrets of success. So Dame Lillian, thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thank you for having me on your show, Christopher. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you today. I mean, the first thing I saw in the in, in pre, pre-interview is like, She's called Dame. That's so cool. <laughs> you can explain <laughs> to our listeners why, you're, why you have that very distinct title. Uh, okay. First of all, I'm going to preface this by saying that no one is more shocked or um, amused with the fact that uh, me, of all people, would have the title of Dame because uh, I'm just a tiny, tiny little spud in a bag of big potatoes. And in fact, I think I'm going to demote myself and say I'm not even a spud. I'm a molecule of a spud in a bag of very big potatoes. And I really honestly feel that way because um, God has a very, very funny sense of humor and likes to humble me. Uh, In 2013, I had the distinct honor and privilege of having been nominated to be knighted, you know, as a dame in the Order of St. John. And uh, for some unusual reason, Her Excellency... Uh, Countess Bobrinskoy actually had me knighted. But what's even more spectacular is not so much that I was knighted, but I didn't know until I showed up for the investiture that I was knighted with Jack Canfield, with Don Miguel Reese, the author of The Four Agreements, with Lisa Nichols, uh, Barnett Bain. Um, There was a total of eight of us. And I'm going, uh, first of all, what am I doing in this there's all these big names, and then there's like little me. So um, I, all You're I can being say, modest. Uh, no, it's true. I'm like nobody. Those people. I mean, it's like there's no comparison. It's like so. Well, tell us very, why you feel you were knighted because it's it's really about. I guess yes, those people have done a lot of things, but I don't really see that as whoa. Like you know, I I, I get that, but at the same time, when lots of people people ask me, oh my gosh, you know you interview Elon Musk, you met Richard Branson, like, I see that, but I don't see that as a, as a, like, oh my gosh, so much better. So I'm just curious, why do you feel you were knighted? Because this program is really about encouraging and inspiring people to know that they do have, they do have value and then how yes. you stand out. In your case, you stand out by just your title and though you, you m- perhaps minimize, but no, really, like, tell us what cool things you've done that so- you you've gotten that title. Okay, so this is the this is the the, the funny thing. I have you know I love to do what you're doing. Actually, for me, I find human beings absolutely fascinating, um, and your story, your journey, what you've been through, and where you are and where you're going, that really genuinely intrigues me. So, one of the reasons why I created my radio show is this is a passion that I've had since I was 11 years old, since I was in sixth grade, and. And so I like to highlight people's lives and, you know, learn about them. Well, when it comes to having been knighted, you know, there's things that I do from a quote unquote, you know, a humanitarian level and a charitable level. I do that not for any public recognition or for any other reason other than I genuinely want to help either mm-hmm. children or the Marines or the elderly, whatever group it is. I'm doing it because I genuinely care about 
doing that. And, and I don't talk about it much. I don't publicize it much. I do whatever I can while I'm volunteering for that charity, but I don't, I don't try to capitalize on it. Well, much to my surprise, apparently somebody either kept track of it or took note of it and then brought it to the attention of Her Excellency. And then there were two physicians from opposite sides of the country who both happened to, and that's where God, it's a funny sense of humor thing, because they happened to nominate me at the exact same time. And so that's how I got nominated. So for your work with your radio show or for the humanitarian work that you have? It's for the humanitarian work that I was doing, you know, already, uh, you know, separate from, you know, the radio show. And specifically, what kind of humanitarian work did you, did you do? So I've, I've, done, I've done a lot of charity work with, you know, to benefit Marines, for Habitat for Humanity, to benefit um, schools, to benefit uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County, uh, things of that type. And I've done a ton of, um, I used to do a lot of, um, you know, auctioneer services are extremely expensive for a nonprofit. It's cost prohibitive for them to do. Um, so one of the things that I would do, I would provide free auctioning services for their for their live auctions and and so forth. And so I did quite a quite a bit of that. So good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about your bottom line show. You mentioned that you have a very strong passion to highlight people's stories. And where did that come from? Was that something that you really always had a desire to like your, your eyes would light up when you heard someone's story? Like how did it morph into yeah. yeah. So this started really when, if you go back, it's funny because when I went to, I went to school at USC and when I went to school at USC, I was pre-med biological sciences. So I wasn't thinking journalism or media or radio or anything like that. But since the time I was 11 years old, anytime I had an English paper that was due, I would always find a way of making it so that I could interview one of my parents' friends who I admired, and then I would write about them and their stories. And so I started interviewing, you know, doctors, attorneys, financial planners, business people that were friends of my parents. And I would just say, oh, mom, you know, could I speak to Mrs. Peterson or dad? Could I speak to Dr. Lindicky? And then they would give me their numbers. I would sit down at my dad's office, interview them, and then, you know, write my paper. Um, and so fast forward to about 2006, the first radio show that I produced at the time I owned First Pacific Mortgage Bank and I also owned an exit realty franchise. I had the Huntington Beach branch and the Newport Beach branch. And I had a friend who owned, um, he was a broker actually at um, an exit office in Chicago. And Jeff has um, a great radio voice, very charismatic and his hidden passion was to someday be able to do radio and I said to him I go Jeff that that someday is today why don't you just put together a radio show that you want to do half hour 22 minutes and put it on the air now you can get a small 50 watt station in your local market he's like he didn't know how to do it well I, I had never produced a show before but I had bought radio time and I had paid for ads on radio and cable TV. So I was familiar from that perspective. I instinctively knew that I would be able to put it together. And, um, and then he was concerned about not being able to get guests on the show. And with my network of, of people that I had, I'm like, well, I already know, you know, best-selling authors in the area of real estate and business and finance and motivation, et cetera. I go, I could just feed you the published, you know, New York Times bestsellers that I already know. I'll feed them, you know, to your show. And so basically, long story short is I helped produce that show for him. I never hosted it. I was just the, the producer. And so that got up and running, running. 
And then a few years into that, uh, basically a guy named the Condo King in Chicago took note of what he was doing. And long story short, ended up picking him up, putting his face across all these billboards throughout Chicago. He ended up leaving real estate, working full time for that guy. And then sometime after that, he got picked up by a bigger station. And now he has something that's not re related to real estate in any way, shape or form. It's called um, The Cigar Show. And it's a show basically having to do about you know, cigars, sports, and anything that guys are interested in. <laughs> and he's a full-time radio personality now in the that's Chicago awesome. market. That's so, awesome. So from there, that's where I, it gave me the impetus, uh, about five, almost going on six, it'll be six years in September, that I decided to do a radio show for myself. And it was just basically to give me a voice and a platform to speak about topics that, you know, I had high net worth individuals who are my clients. Almost all of them were business owners that had three to up to a hundred employees a piece. And so I just talked about those topics that I knew was of interest to them and to me. And then it slowly morphed from that so that it was not real estate related and then more business related. And then before you knew, I, I had put out the intention that, gee, it would be nice to have some of Oprah's guests on my show. And it would be nice to have Jack Canfield and some, you know, Don Miguel Reese and these other people. And then lo and behold, careful what you wish for because it started to happen. And uh, it started, everything started to happen like that in 2013 is where um, I had the biggest, you know, uh, I guess catapulting in terms of, of all those things happened. You know, I was knighted and then I had, then I had nonstop, you know, all sorts of Oprah's guests. And then last year, my best supplier, the Oprah Winfrey Show, I had India Kinney Stearns, who is the vice president of business or was now the vice president of business development for the Oprah show. Her and I spoke at the same, on the same stage at the pre, um, pre Oscar event in Los Angeles last year. So her and I awesome. spoke together. And so awesome. it's like full circle. I'm like, Oh yeah. We only have a, about a minute left for our, our podcast interview, but given that you've interviewed all these people, what are some of the underlying things that, you feel stood out in their story? Because again, this is all about how can we help our listeners, perhaps even beyond your radio show, or perhaps stand out with yes. their story. So what do you feel after all the guests that you interviewed, there are a few things that you said, you know what, Oprah's guests always have this quality or that skill set or this type of mentor. Are there any specific things you kind of were able to glean from your various experiences? Absolutely. And one of the things that I saw with every single one of my guests, both the ones who already have a celebrity status and those who are, you know, more up and coming. But the, the common thread, I call it the golden thread of commonality that is woven through each one of these people is this, is that it doesn't matter what adversity they've had, whether it's financial, emotional, spiritual, psychological, doesn't matter what, what their adversity. In some cases, they had it hit in all areas of their life at once, and they hit rock bottom where they lost everything. We're talking family, health, finances, home, the works, everything was taken from them. Mm -hmm. But this is, this is what stood out, that in every single case, every single person told me that no experience is wasted, that everything happened for a reason, and that that rock bottom point was not their defining moment, that that rock bottom point was their stepping stone to catapult them to a much higher level, because the level that they were at no longer served them, or was it good enough for them? or they had learned what they needed to learn up until that point. 
That is a great piece of advice, Dame Lillian. I just like saying that, Dame Lillian Walker. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Our uh, interview time is is over now, but how can our listeners learn more about you and your show, Dame Lillian? Well, I would absolutely love and adore if uh, your listeners were to either go to damelillianwalker.com, which points to my YouTube channel, I have multiple YouTube channels, but this is the one that I'm promoting right now because what I, one of the things I really do have a passion for facilitating, educating, encouraging, and empower people like you with families like yours, you know, and business owners and being able to empower them with, you know, things that they can do right away. And so I recognize that, you know, not everybody wants to produce a radio show or to host a radio show. A lot more people want to be on a radio show or be on a television show or newspaper or magazine. So I, I designed the YouTube channel, DameLillianWalker.com, with the idea in mind that I'm going to provide some instructional videos that either it's do-it-yourself, a lot of them for free, and for those who don't want to you know, learn how to do it you know, themselves and they want to go ahead and either hire me to be a consultant to show them what it is that they need to have their staff do or they personally need to do, et cetera, then they can hire me for a fee as a consultant. But at least, yeah. So there's all sorts of free tools, tips, and trainings there for you. Awesome. So again, check out Dame Lillian Walker, the coolest name in the world. (laughs) Thank you, Christopher. Thank you so much for being on our show, Dame Lillian, and we'll hopefully hear from you soon. Fantastic. I got to say one real quick thing, because your name, Christopher, I don't know if you know this, but C-H-R-I-S-T, Christ. That actually means gift in Greek. And so I want to thank you for being a gift to me and allowing me to be on your podcast and share my message with your audience. And thank you for gifting the you that you are with us. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.